Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain purpose and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do because there's so much more in you hey everybody welcome to episode 17 but part two in our series on restoration Candice, you know what? I feel like last week we just dumped a bunch of water on everybody and we're like, see you later. Like, here's some (laughs) loaded questions. You're soaking wet. No. So last week we walked you and we challenged you through understanding what restoration looks like and to Mm. carefully consider uh, and ask God what needs restored, what needs to be restored in my life. And this week, we pray and hope for ourselves as well as you that we take that one thing because we don't need a million right now. We'll take that one thing and we're going to walk <laughs> through that thing and become restored. And a piece of that restoration process is about community, which what that's what we're going to talk about today. But Candace is going to drop down some disclaimers on this discussion. Yeah, I feel like we need to draw in some boundaries for this episode today. Mm-hmm. Because when we fight immediately, when I think about, okay, we're going to talk about restoration, community, relationships, awesome. So we're just going <laughs> to air all of our grievances. We're going to talk about our hurts. We're going to talk about our traumas. We're going to talk about how we're setting up boundaries in our life that are healthy, which by the way, disclaimer number one, All of those things are extremely valuable and they need to be done. Absolutely. Walk through your hurts, set up the boundaries, go to therapy for the trauma that you possess from relationships and how those things have actually impacted you. But I want to give some liberation, some freedom in this moment right now for our listeners. We're not just compacting all of our hates and sorrows in an episode and calling it a day and saying, hope you find some restoration in that. We want to switch this language and the verbiage uh, because what we want today out of this episode, more than anything, is for our listeners, for you to be able to find some freedom within your community, within relationships that lead to restoration. Often we talk about the bad, but I don't hear very many people uh, shouting out the good. Like what can happen when you have a good community? What can happen when you have good relationships? What comes from that that actually is restorative to your soul? And this is where we want to encourage you. We don't want you to leave this episode going, that's right. I got together with Jenny and Candace this morning and we had a good old dilly dally podcast about all the things we hate. (laughs) And, And I feel better about hating them. That's not what we want for you today. Now, listen, there are endless resources on the internet webs about things that you could get together with other people and talk about your hurts and your sorrows and your griefs. And those may be the things that you need to do. We're not discounting that at all. But for this episode, for today, for the next few minutes, can you join us in really pulling out the positive of what God can do to restore you through community, through your local church and through your relationships? 
Oh, yes. I also think a piece of this puzzle as we're soaking wet in our things that need to be restored need and we need to, to be a little dry wet. off. I need it we to need- stop. Come on. So no, gross. we fire you hose. One it's not away from moist. You're making it <laughs> gross. You're <laughs> you. No. Oh, I just vomited in my mouth. We fire hosed everyone last week <laughs> with their restoration needs, and we got to just dry them off a little bit. I feel like this makes okay. sense. Everyone's team Jenny on this. Okay, <laughs> I can't recover. You said a word. I can't get out of my mind. Okay, Candace. <laughs> Yes. I'm going to add another disclaimer. Do it. Let's Community go. that we're talking about. Because I already felt in your mm-hmm. list of disclaimers, I could hear the people saying, I don't have a close support network or I don't have a good church right. or, you know, those excuses right. we make, which can be often valid because community is very fragile and being vulnerable before people is a very right. fragile process. But I also want to add this other disclaimer to this conversation before we dive in. Safe community requires intentionality. Okay. Okay. Sound bite that. Safe community requires what? Intentionality. So good. So yeah. good. And mm. we, you know, think about being a little kindergartner and you're learning how to make new friends. You have to put yourself out there, introduce yourself. Can I play <laughs> with your toys? Like whatever, right? It's this process of showing mm. up and participating. Yeah. So we want that for ourselves as well as Mm -hmm. for you. So when we're talking about being in community, there's a participation that comes along with this. So now we're going to kind of guide the conversation into Mm -hmm. what does it look like to walk out restoration through community? How do we take, take our brokenness or the things that feel hurt or fragile or vulnerable? And how do we take that into community? So the first piece of community we want to discuss is our close friends, the the safe yeah. people, the, the ones, circle. the inner circle. Yeah. Inner yep, yep, circle. Yep. You don't need a million in that circle. Mm-hmm. You don't need a million. You need one or two, three that you can, that equally cry their guts out to you and you cry your guts out to them. Those are the safe ones. Yeah. And listen, your circle may fail you sometimes. Jesus had a circle. He had these guys that he took up to the Mount of Transfiguration and they got to see this incredible moment. And they're like, let's just stay up here forever. And he was like, y'all are great, right? You like this? And then not just but a couple of weeks later, they're falling asleep on him in the the greatest hour of need before he's going to go to the cross. And he's like, can you guys just not stay awake, please (laughs) stay awake and pray for me. So your circle is not your salvation. Go ahead and know that. Be freed up. Your circle's not perfect, right? No. Yeah. Not your no. And they're not yeah. always going to be what you need for them in every single moment, even when you ask them and give them direction and say, this is what I need from you. Your circle is still human. And your circle, your circle is still, will fail you. Yeah, the, it'll fail you. And, <laughs> and it could be your greatest hour of need. So it's okay to be hurt by that, but it's also okay to go, you know what? I don't expect for you to be my salvation in this moment. I just expect that when the, when the moment comes that you'll be present. Uh, I think um, sleeping or awake, Jesus was still going to do what he was going to do. He was still going to go to the cross and he was still going to have a conversation with his dad and he still had purpose and he never lost any of that. And so I just want to remind people and free them up from some of their expectations here that you may have a close circle that you feel like, oh, 
we're, we're, we're kind of loosening our, our rope. It, it's not, we're in, intertwined as much as we used to be. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I would just challenge you to, to really look at where is your ultimate purpose and your trust and your hope placed in? Is it in that small circle or is it in God? And so if it's appropriately put into God, here's what the circle does for you that's glorious. Number one, you get people with you. I don't know about you, but I can muster up some courage for something stupid. <laughs> if I have if I have my close besties saying, do it. You know what I mean? That's all it takes for me. Do yeah. it. Oh, Everything's hilarious. better with friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. But then I also have those same close friends that circle that goes, don't do that. Oh gosh, please don't do that. No, you will regret that. Don't, that is a dumb idea. Candace, stop. And I think you need that close circle that can lead you in these moments when you're trying to feel like I'm restoring something in my life that's been missing. That'll speak truth. That's yeah. what it comes down to is that they speak the truth, whether it's a yes or a no, they tell you as it is. Mm -hmm. And in regards to that inner circle too, it's prayerfully considering with, with the fragile pieces that need to be restored, who can I trust this with? And like Candace said, obviously God is, has our ultimate trust, right? Um, and right. we're running to him first because he's already called us out on it and is repairing things. Things are in motion, but there's a level of uh, momentum that happens when you can take those conversations with God and bring them before a person and say, listen, this is so fragile, but I'm working on this. Um, can you speak encouragement into it? There's been so many times, Candace, you're some of them that, that where people at the right mm -hmm. time reach out with an encouraging word, a Bible verse, a prayer, even just like, Hey, I'm thinking of you, or even just like, how are you doing? That question alone wow. will help you even pinpoint and remember God is walking me through this restoration mm. process. I will find healing in this. God, uh, reminder yeah. of that long suffering and the long game of what God is doing. It's so imperative, so imperative to lean into those close friendships or family. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you're in the middle of a restoration season, and I do believe it's a season, Ecclesiastes 1, you go through and Solomon lists out, there is a season for everything under heaven. There's a time to be born, a time to die. There's a time to plant, a time to sow. I mean, there's a time to laugh, a time to cry. There's all these things that are appropriate seasons. And you may be listening to this part two in our five-part miniseries and going, yeah, they're hitting me hard because I didn't even realize I was in a season of restoration. If you're in that season, can I just go ahead and encourage you? You've been given some friends. There are Nathan's to your David. There are people that come in and can tell you the truth and be like, this right here is what you really did and what you need to do next. There are Jonathan's to your David even. I mean, think about that circle. Mm -hmm. Not just some prophet that walks in and drops a bomb, but somebody that says closer than a brother, I'm here with you. Let's go. And and there are, and if you're like, I have no clue who's David and Jonathan and Nathan, that's all in first and second Samuel. Just take a gander on the life of David. You'll figure that out. Take a that's, gander. That's some, homework for you there. Um, but there are moments where God equips you to be restored through the voices that he gives you in your friendships as well. And you can't discount those and immediately say, well, I've been burned here by this friend or they told all my business. And so now I can't trust anybody. God will give you discernment. He will mm -hmm. give you discernment on who to have discretion with. And discretion is such a key word. Before we started recording this, um, 
Jenny and I were just kind of going through some personal ones that number one, I'll just be honest, as much as we love y'all, we don't know who all is going to listen to this on the World Wide Web. So we need to use discretion about what we share. <laughs> so off my <microphone. laughs> You're not going to tell us every single thing that no, is hurting your heart right now, Candace? Not, there are some <laughs> things sacred. We've already discussed this. There are some things sacred still. But I will say this. Um, there, there were things that we were talking off of the podcast, off microphone, off the record. And we were recalling these moments where God you know, just leveled up some relationships in our life that really led us through some hard times and seasons. And one common thing that I think we were able to distinguish that really elevated why relationships were so important, it was that discretion, who to tell, mm -hmm. what to tell, and when to tell them. Mm. And so when you are able to discern that through the help of the Holy Spirit, who to tell, what to tell them, and when to tell them, they may be the perfect piece of the puzzle to just fit in a moment where you're like, this is what I needed from a friend to have this restored to me. Yeah. I'm thinking on the other flip of the coin, if you will, too. Not yeah. only do we be vulnerable with those people in those safe environments, but we're just as we can spill our guts, we can be the holder of other people's guts as oh, well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 And it's not just help me through this, but it's what can I help others through and who has God invited me to speak life into and what does that look like? And am I investing in mm -hmm. my inner mm -hmm. circle and asking the hard questions? Mm -hmm. um, am I paying attention when they respond? So I think it's, mm -hmm. it's both ways. Uh, God has designed us to, both be poured into and to pour out. And uh, mm. like you said, it's a season. We're in different, we're in seasons and we need to pay attention to who the Holy Spirit is prompting us uh, to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to expand on this because as you were talking, I was thinking about my current life. Uh, I have a, a daughter that's about to be 14. And I'm just telling you, the idea that she struggles with most is am I going to be somebody that keeps secrets or tell secrets? Can you remember being a teenage girl? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. it's like when you know something that is currency to gain popularity, it is oh. currency to gain friendships and what you think would give you more friendship and, and fun and life. And, but the real, the real mark of somebody, um, and we were having this conversation the other day, that you need to be aware of is do you want to be known for the person that knows all the good stuff about everybody else? Or do you want to be known for the person that keeps secrets and that holds information and that carries burdens? Like, I just remember thinking there's, there's gotta be a shift in your intentionality with your friendships and with your relationships. And how, how much more does this come to the surface when you're raising a teenager and you're reminded what it was like to be a teenager yourself? And you're mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, I haven't thought of that in a long time. But that's a, that's a true mark of when God even sets you up to be in a circle for somebody else is you've got to ask yourself that. Am I, am I more concerned with them coming to me so that I can know about all their junk and then be able to have that either to hold over them or to share inappropriately with other people? Or am I somebody that when they come to me, they know that I can take that to my grave mm. and that I will yeah. pray for them and I will take it to the throne of God and pray and pray and advocate and, and bear arms and do all the things I can. Um, 
it's not just about you being healed from the people that have hurt you, but it's also about you healing from the things that you've hurt others with in the past too. You know, I, I love that you pointed that flip side, Jenny, because I think that that's important is maybe you're the one that needs to be restored in how you are in somebody's circle as well. Ooh. Not everybody's the hero in the story. You may be the villain and you didn't even know it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Your eyes, you're like, I don't know what to say to that. All of our audio listeners got a little silence and they were like, what's going on? They were set. It was settling into their soul. You may be the (laughs) villain. Well, I I mean, that's true. You may be the villain in somebody else's story. And you're so concerned about trying to find your own uh, super squad, (laughs) you know, build that super squad. Yeah. The, The greatest thing, the greatest response we can have to restoration is honoring the process the Lord is leading someone through. And in that it's honoring the Lord and it's honoring that person. Right. So remember, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, it's relationship first and then it's obedience. So we can't expect someone apart from knowing God to walk in obedience to God. God comes first. And as we walk out the, these moments of restoration, again, that cycle, it's going to constantly be happening in our lives. But as we take these moments of restoration and bring them before our close friends or respond to our close friends' moments of needing restoration, we get to honor them in that and honor the Lord with it too, as mm. he has deemed us trustworthy and he has deemed those other people trustworthy. So it's really a beautiful thing when you think about it. Like it's it, like you were saying, it's sacred. It's sacred ground to be trusted in the restoration process. And like you were describing last episode of cleaning the car and restoring the car. Sometimes (laughs) we're the ones that are, have the uh, oven mitts. I know they're not called oven mitts, but like buffing the car up and like we get to be all hands on deck. And other times we literally are the one that need the buffing. It felt right. It felt right. Candace. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna detour to ask you what's the second thing we were gonna talk about because I cannot finish that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> without, without being crossing the line. Okay, guys. So many jokes. You Real candid in. You act like I'm you act like I'm rated R and I am the least no, rated R human. No, I okay. am. I'll take that all day long. My brain is <laughs> filth. It is it is turmoil and filth. I am married to a man that has a seventh grade boy sense of humor. And so that's the oh. problem is that I, I just regurgitate oh. that all day long because it's what I hear. And is this a moment of live restoration? Is this a moment where we get to demonstrate <laughs> what true vulnerability and friendship looks like? Candace, maybe oh, you need I'm some just being in honest. That. Here's the deal. If you're a married woman, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No married woman married a man. We married a seventh grade boy in their mind and they act <laughs> like it's still. So go ahead. Write in about that. Challenge me. Fight me on that. I don't care. Oh. Okay, she's getting a little defensive. This is also <laughs> something to add to the list of disclaimers. Don't go in defensive. Okay, so our next <laughs> we're You're welcome. We're just you're welcome. Around. I was a we're joking example. Around. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> visual example. All right. The second part of community. So we're talking about our safe people, our inner circle. The second yep. piece of walking through that restoration is with 
dramatic pause. The local church. I well, said it. Well, I said it. There you well, go. I said it. I said well, what I said. And we're not talking. Tell everybody in that local church every single detail of what's oh, going no. on in your heart. We're not saying oh, no. spill your guts from the platform in a four-point sermon and the Lord hasn't no. put a bow on it yet. There's this is time a past the microphone testimony night. This is not what that is. <laughs> There's a time and a place, but we are saying <laughs> just purely by being in community with Christ followers, being in a healthy Bible teaching, spirit-filled mm. local church, mm. the natural progression that comes, the fruit that follows leads us towards restoration. I'm going to say times? something controversial. Say I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I I'm think gonna so buzz many people you. probably. Well, no, 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 no. I don't think okay. it's worthy of a buzz, but I think so many people go to their place in their mind. When you hear that phrase, what you just said, Hey, be a part of this kind of healthy Bible teaching, spirit filled local church. They're going to go, but where do I find that? Where do I find that? And let me encourage you. Let me encourage you with this. We are we could all list our grievances left and right. Let's make a list. Let's all put them together. It, it won't stop about the church. I mean, this, this, this is from somebody that loves the local church. I still have things that I don't like about my local church, but I love <gasps> the church. I'm, I'm saying I do. I have preferences. I'm, it's fine. I'm we all have preferences. We oh, that worship do. song. Why they're singing that song? It has right. nothing to or do with Jesus. Can, can that person not say daddy God from the microphone again? That makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. I mean, like there's uh, so many things that are just like list them out. But here's what I want you to see is there's also <laughs> restoration that can come from the church. But if you're not a part of it to be able to be integral in what you're part of the body of the Christ of Christ is, then they may never know that that part's missing. Or that that's a pain point. Because here's the deal. I'm just going to tell you from somebody that served on staff at a church before, I wouldn't have even, I was blind spotted to half of the issues unless somebody had the courage to say, hey, I've walked through this and I don't know if you um, were aware that that was kind of like uh, very, very, oh, it was just callously said or thrown away. But there's people in the church that have dealt with this and maybe think of them the next time that you do this. As a person on staff, I would be like, Whoa, thank you for letting me know that. But a lot of times we hear or see something that we don't approve of and we write people off. We go done, out of here, not coming back. And is there ever a time, number one, to go back to that discretionary, when, how, where to share that you could say, this is an issue here that I see and I'm actually working through this and I've experienced loss in this way. And I really felt like what you said was just kind of calloused or thrown away from me. I've always said things that were on the air of making light of or making fun of or jokingly saying something because I wasn't aware of the topic. And for mm -hmm. me, I would always feel like if you could just tell me that, I would, of course, change that. Do you know well, what I mean? You're talking. Well, yes. And this doesn't mean bring every grievance or disagreement or worship song <laughs> you hate before your church leadership. That's not what we're saying. There's a time and a place, no. right? It's about no. honor as well. Like, Absolutely. Um, it, th there's so many boundaries that go around this conversation that I'm not going to get into, but what you said <laughs> is important. Um, we should, 
walk through the restoration process with the leaders in our church and be a part of it, be a voice within it. But I also want to land the plane on as we're being restored ourselves as individuals in our personal lives, the Lord is collectively restoring the church body. And as Candace mentioned, there's a yep. place for you in that. The, the Lord has called us, uh, has given us gifts to participate for the growing and the common good of the church. And those gifts that you have are needed. That smile that you have is needed. The welcoming uh, persona that you give is needed in the church body. And gosh, mm -hmm. just the fruit alone that comes from sitting through a sermon. How many times in my own life has the pastor like given an illustration or said just the right thing that I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, the Lord has spoken, right? And he doesn't even know my yeah. dirty laundry. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the God, the God, God uses the church building, the leaders, the people, the, the community of believers to build up mm -hmm. your spirit. And in, in the same vein, you get to build up others, but you have to, again, be intentional to show up for it. My goodness. I will tell you, there was a very personal story for me that I, I feel like is worthy of sharing. I came from a complete church hurt where I was out. And when I say out, I was emotionally out. I was tuned out during the sermons. I was only there because Chris was like, we're going to go back to church and we're going to keep our kids in church. And I was like, Psh, yeah, well, Psh. just don't expect me to participate, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm very, very yeah. calloused and rough. And I was extremely um, judgmental towards the position of a head pastor, a lead pastor, because that's the person I was hurt by the worst. And yeah. so every pastor that would get up to speak, I couldn't even hear the word of God, but I wouldn't sit there and be like, Oh, but the sermon was so great. I'd be like, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just being very honest here because I think maybe some listeners feel like they're in that same position, but here's what I did see. I say this all the time. My pastor in this church um, that I'm in now restored, restored the goodness of what a pastor should be to me. And I was not expecting it. And it's not because he came to me and said, can you tell me where you've been hurt so that I could be a better pastor to you? Can you, can you air, air all of your stuff that you have and hate towards, towards men leadership and pastor roles? Can it, and I'll try to be the best version of that for you. He didn't do any of that. He simply was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And yeah. I would come up to him. I'm not kidding. I was a jerk. I would come up to him in the lobby after every sermon and be like, I like what you spoke, but I bet you weren't thinking this and this and this and this. And I don't believe this. And he'd be like, great, great. Um, maybe I can look at that this week. Like he never was argumentative about anything. Mm -hmm. Everything that I, I would come to him with in a very arrogant position, he would actually be like, let me, let me pray about that. Let me actually seek that in the word. I haven't thought of that before. Okay. And so I was like, well, this jerk isn't arguing with me. Where's his ego? You know? So that's restoring to me that not every pastor has a major ego issue that they, they aren't afraid of laying down. Like I was seeing that in his life. Mm -hmm. And then I remember coming up to him one Sunday and I just said, listen, I hear what you're saying about God's wanting to really do some dreams for people and just give them the best life that they want to live. And I'm going to tell you, God didn't care about me anymore. I mean, I've, I've lived my life for him. I'm, I'm so angry at him. I'm so mad at him. He's not going to use me. And this was a year before the Chewbacca mom video, one year before. Mm -hmm. And he said, Candace, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to know that humble yourself and in due season, the Lord will exalt you. He said, just remember, 
You just you just keep humble before the Lord and you just seek after him. And in the right time, he'll exalt you for his purpose. And I remember feeling like he restored a dream in me. Yeah. He restored, he restored something in me to believe that God wasn't done with me. And I'm telling you, I know restoration is possible through your local church, even if it's only in those sidebar conversations that happen in the lobby before you get in your car, mm. you know, even if it's well, just in those moments. Yeah. Even, even, I mean, gosh, think of all the times in corporate worship where we're worshiping together and you can feel the tangible presence of mm. God. I don't know if, if our listeners have, have felt that I can feel the amens coming at me right now, but like <laughs> that too, corporately is restorative to individual souls. Like that is doing something on a spiritual mm. level that we can't always contemplate. There's so mm. much beauty in the gathering of, of the local people in, in, and gosh, even talking about how it extends into community to shape where we are in our sphere of influences. Like there's so much restoration happening and mm. man, if we could only have eyes to see what the Lord is truly doing in our local churches, I think we would just be so blown away and amazed at the wonderment of who God is. So our, our challenge for all of you is, is to, it's really an invitation. It's an so invitation good. to look yep. for restoration in your own personal lives, in the life of your community, yeah. and to be intentional to one, yeah. find those safe people and be vulnerable before them using discretion and discernment, but two, an invitation to be present, to be intentional, to be involved in a local church body and find restoration in the midst of it. So that's our challenge. Candace, did you want to add anything? Man, I just want to encourage y'all that wherever you're feeling stuck in in your relationships and if you feel like I, I know that there's somebody listening right now that feels like I just can't anymore I can't with people <laughs> I, I want to encourage you can you try one more time can you just try one more time it only hurts so much because we know that on the opposite side of that there has to be so much good I really want you to take that in for a second. The hurt you experience only hurts to that deep level because you know that it could be better than that. Mm. So if it could be better than that, then maybe there's something that God wants to do through your circle, through your local church to restore you. And this may be the day that you say, kids, get in the car. Hun, get dressed. We're going to go back to church. We haven't been in years. Let's go. And I just, I feel like God's going to do that for some of y'all. We're designed for this beautiful relationship as we walk out this restoration. And until next week, embrace the freedom to kick your shoulds out the door. We love you all. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.